Thank you for joining us on the seventh of the uh, podcast, Being Human. Um, today, we've got a, a good friend of mine, uh, Blandine Davis. She's actually here today to talk to us about a number of different things. Um, I've, I've got to know her quite a, quite a bit over this last month or so, and I thought to myself, this would be a great lady to, to bring on and uh, have a little chat to find out where she's been, what she's been up to, and ha- actually how her life has panned out since the day she was born. So, Blandine, thank you for coming on the you're, show. You're very welcome. Um, there's some things I know about you, and there's an awful lot that I don't. And I've got a funny feeling with that you weren't born in this country, were you? No, I wasn't born in this country. So I was born in Uganda. Um, didn't grow up in Uganda. I grew up in Kenya and Tanzania. And then um, moved over to the UK when I was quite young, when I was 11. 11 years old? 11 years old. Okay. Yes. Do you have any brothers or sisters? I've got, I'm the eldest of three, shortest of three. Shortest of <laughs> best, three? Best looking of the three. Yeah. <laughs> Only kidding. Yeah. yeah, eldest of three. Um, I've got a brother who lives in Portugal and my sister is still in Hertfordshire, same town where we moved to when we, when we came to the UK. Okay. With the parents? With the parents, yes. Okay, so what what was the move from the, uh, early on? How old were you when you first moved? So 11, um, and yeah, interesting story really. So when I say parents, I mean my stepmom, um, who's Dutch, and my dad, um, technically my stepfather. Um, he's uh, quarter Welsh, quarter English. So interestingly, um, you know, I'm adopted. My brother and I are adopted and um a full full adoption full, ad- full adoption okay. full adoption we'll, we'll come on to more of that in yeah. a minute but full adoption um and brought up by white parents which is you know really interesting so sorry about that sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> no need to apologize it's made me who i am <laughs> right so yeah we moved here when we were 11 um my biological mother moved here about a year and a half before us and um, fortunately for me, it was an open adoption. So we got to see, um, obviously we knew we were adopted. How can you not know? All you need to do is look at the skin color, right? But um, fortunately it was an open adoption. So we got to see our biological mother as well and develop a relationship with her. So, um, yeah. So what was the moves again? Just explain about what, obviously uh, Uganda. Yes. What was the reason for the initial move? So the reason for the initial move was um, my mum was pretty much um, running away from her, her, her abusive father. Right. So she was very young. Um, she was 17 when she had me. And she one day just jumped on a bus and um, crossed the border over into Kenya, which is where she met my, I call him my father because he is my father, my, my, my yeah. adopted father, his dad, um, which is where she met him. And he moved over to Africa because there was... Um, you know, economically in the UK, it wasn't a good time. So he was sent over by his company um, to take a post up in um, in Kenya. Uh, he worked in the brewery industry as well as the tea and sisal industry. So they must have met up, um, presumably in a nightclub or somewhere. Um, and um, the rest is history. Wow. And then the, the, the reason for moving from Kenya to the UK? Well, it was it was Kenya to Tanzania. Yeah. Um, so we moved there again for work. So he moved from the um, doing brewery and then went to work in the sisal industry. Uh, we moved there. I went to uh, an international boarding school there. Um, and then it really was just following my father's work, essentially. And then the move to the UK was again because of work. 
wealthy family I that's what I'm thinking so far not really I think wealth wealth in terms of culture you know we've got seven different nationalities in within just our immediate family so you've got my mum who's Dutch you've got me I'm half Kenyan half um, Congolese so which was known as Zaire at the time now the Democratic Republic of Congo you've got my sister who was born in Tanzania so she's half Ugandan half a uh, quarter English quarter Welsh um, you know, so there's lots of different sort of nationalities playing into our immediate family family unit. So rich in culture, not necessarily financially, but we, right, okay. we, we, we got by. We got by. And which was your favourite country as a child to grow up in? Um, I think it was it was definitely Tanzania. I cannot remember anything, funnily enough, anything about Kenya at all, apart from going back there and um, spending holidays on the beach. I can't remember my school. I, I just, I've got a complete blank on Kenya. So that's something. What age I, were you? I was around seven. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah. So the beach holidays in, in Kenya and then, okay. And what did you like about the, the, um, the, the second move? Sorry, I'm going to keep The Tanzania, yeah. Tanzania. I think that's where I was. I, I made really good friends. I was more independent. Um, we moved um, to a place called um, near Arusha, um, a place called Moshi. So I went to what was then Moshi International School. And um, then we moved over closer to the coast to a place called Tanga. And the schools there were absolutely horrendous. And when I say horrendous, um, I can remember the school building was just a concrete block with no windows, you know, not no plastering. And I can remember the toilets. Full air conditioning. Yeah. Full air conditioning, yeah. circulating yeah. all the time, you know, never needed a generator. <laughs> um, and the toilets were, you know, sewage logged, essentially. So my, my, my parents decided it just wasn't good enough. So they sent me back um, to my previous school um, as a boarding student. Okay. Um, with quite a few other students. So, How did you so, enjoy yeah. the boarding school? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was brilliant. That was totally different, wasn't it? That was totally different. That was a school with windows. That was a school with (laughs) windows. And yeah, it was, I mean, it's still there today and it's, it's, you know, it's thriving. Um, But I think that's where I sort of gained my independence because it was sort of sink or swim, right? No, no mum, dad there to guide you, you know. Um, So you just got to get on with it. Was there any different um, nationalities there? It was very, very multicultural. So pretty much all of the expats sent their kids there. So it was very, very mixed. Very so mixed. So your whole life has been totally, totally mixed. Totally mixed. I feel I feel much more comfortable when I'm in an environment where there's lots of different, lots of different cultures. So do I. Um, so do I. <laughs> it's it's much nicer. It's much nicer. Yeah. So that's what I'm And then when I'm you moved to, to the the UK, mm-hmm. you were how old? I was eleven. Okay. And what's been, what was your whole idea of when you came to the UK? How did you feel about it? What was the, the overall presence of this, this you know, great Britain? You yes. Know, you must have been quite excited until you probably arrived. I, well, we <laughs> came every two years to visit um, my grandparents. So yeah. they lived in, um, in Lincoln at the time. So we loved that. Lincoln's beautiful. Um, yeah. But it was, we were always very happy to go back um, to, to Tanzania. And, but when we moved for good, I had a really hard time. I, I felt really angry with my parents because they made the decision to move without consulting me and I'd moved so many times, you know, for somebody that young. Um, and I just felt that I was, I was settled in the school. So I was quite angry. Um, and then my first impressions was it was very cold. Um, culturally, it was very different to live here that, compared to coming here for holidays. 
um, you know, the first things I noticed were things like people didn't really talk to each other or say hello. Um, and it was my first experience of the the, the nod, you know, mm. as being, I'm acknowledging you. Um, I also found it really bizarre that people didn't wake up at six o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning. Um, we used to go and knock for our friends by 7.30 because we were ready to go. They were all still in bed. So it's stuff like that, that, you know, struck me as being really, really odd. Like these people are really lazy. Um, and then it, we were also, my brother and I were also the first black kids in the town as well as in the school. So we had all of that to contend with. Um, but fortunately for us, we'd obviously always been in a multicultural environment. So You knew you know, how to deal being, and manage with well, manage people. being around white people um, wasn't an issue. But I think the issue was being the only black people um, amongst white people. So that took some getting used to. Um, but fortunately, both my brother and I were very, very good at sport. Um, and that made us really popular. What sort of sports were you good at? Um, athletics. I played hockey. I did trampolining, karate, swimming, all of it, pretty much. Uh, and in fact, my brother's actually now a dancer. So he um, he ended up training in dance and becoming a West End, West End um, performer. So wow. he's done a lot of the West End shows. And now in Portugal, he runs his own dance school. Does he? Yes. So you've been to Portugal as well? That's another place that you've been to to visit been to, him? And been to Portugal. I yeah. haven't yet. Yeah, I still you should been go. to Portugal. Been to Portugal. Um, my, my dad and my dad and mum are now in, in, in uh, Spain. So I've been there as well. So we're all scattered. I'd like to know, uh, you, it's one of my interests, obviously being a chiropractor, but um, what's the healthcare as you've moved mm-hmm. around the world? How have you sort of see it differ? Um, so, I mean, obviously I was really young in, in, in Tan- whilst we were in Tanzania. Um, I remember, I mean, we had to pay for everything. So everything was private. So we never got to experience the sort of national health care, so to speak. Um, and I remember one time we, I was a bit naughty. Um, after school, we'd, I'd gone to a friend's house and we'd cut through somebody's back garden. There was a hole in the fence. So we decided we're going to, we always took the shortcut. But this time their dog was out. Um, and their dog started chasing me, um, didn't get to bite me, but sort of got a claw in my backside, still got the scar. But because of rabies out there, um, my parents actually had to fly medicine over from Kenya because they'd run out in Tanzania. They had to get the injections charted over by um, a small private plane to make sure that I got my my injections every, I think it was a course of six weeks or once a week or something like that. Is it right into the stomach? Is that? I cannot remember, but I, all I remember was that my brother always used to ask to come um, and watch because he um, <laughs> he loved to see me cry <laughs> Yeah, and I've got when a, I got my injection. I might, so. be, I might be wrong about it, but I think it's a stomach injection for, for rabies. Yeah, I, I honestly can't remember, but... Yeah, nice. um, but yes, I mean, we always had, again, because of, you know, f- very fortunate to have my have my father. He was always in a good job and, you know, we never had to worry about that there. I think here, um, the, I, I guess the biggest, the biggest change was that I noticed was I was never ill in Africa. I never had a headache. I never had a stomach ache, nothing. But when I came to this country, the food the lifestyle over time I started noticing hold on a minute I've got a headache what's that right never took tablets in my life so I think that's the biggest that's the biggest thing that I noticed between the two countries yeah so with your your parents 
they were obviously happy with with your education. What did you do when you left school? Did you go to college? Did you go to university? Yes. When I left school, I went, um, I decided to study law. In fact, I knew I was going to study law since a very young age, since I, ever since I could remember, I didn't want to do anything else. And for a long time, I never knew why. There was, there was no reason until I asked my dad recently, why, why did I want to study law? And he told me, which is quite a funny story. Um, he said to me that one day I said to him, Daddy, what's a, what's a lawyer? And he said, well, a lawyer is somebody who earns lots of money. They can make millions. And uh, he said to me, well, do you, want to, do you want to marry a lawyer? And I said, well, no, I want to be, I want to be one. I want to be a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, long story short, I went to study law um, at the University of Kent in Canterbury. And then um, I did German as well. Um, so I speak German and I went to um, my my gap year was uh, in a town called Marburg, which is actually twinned with Northampton. Oh, wow. Um, so it's kind of come full circle, a, a, town, a little town called Marburg. And I studied um, German law there for a year. And then, you know, went back for about six months. You studied German law? Yeah, so I've got a degree in English law and a German law diploma. So, what was the direction for for German? I think it was just languages. I love languages. Um, You know, my son Ethan, um, his father is from French Guyana, so he speaks French. I learned how to speak French. Um, so that I could communicate with this side of the family. So we've, I've always kind of been interested in languages. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I chose German for A-level and I thought, why not carry it on? I get a, I get an extra year at, at uni in Germany. Yeah. So you got your qualification. Is that, what, what was it? A solicitor um, or? Yes, so I qualified as a solicitor. I chose not to go down the barrister route. Um, you know, my dad thought I would, I'd make a good barrister, but to be quite honest, I think they do too much talking. And I, even though I can be talkative, I need my quiet time. So um, I decided to go down the um, the solicitor route. And where did you work? Um, so I uh, had a training contract um, at a at a firm, international law firm um, called Wild Gotchel and Manges, it's a US law firm. Uh, and I was there for 12 years, ended up doing um, corporate insolvency and restructuring. So you might remember when Lehman went down, yeah, Lehman remember, Brothers. Yeah. Yes, I was the one on that. We we put them into Chapter Eleven in the U.S. and I was the um, you know on the opposite side of um, the, the 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 British English administrators. So working quite a lot with PwC, um, doing all this sort of you know organising a lot of the creditor meetings. So I spent years and years and years doing that. Um, and because I was obviously I was there day one and legacy knowledge. Um, and then after about six, seven years, when it was all sort of starting to wrap up, I got a bit tired of it. You took them down Chinatown. It was time to move on. Yeah. Oh, I think so. So I spent a lot of time in 25 Bank Street, which is where in Canary Wharf, which is where they're based. And there was a lot, and a lot of time in the um, in the High Court in London on very hard benches. Um, note to self, you know, take a cushion. Right. Yes, you can. In fact, I should have probably come to see you then. If, yes, if I'd yes, known yeah, of you, yeah, Then that's yeah. when I probably needed you most. That's probably where all my back problems started. To be fair. Well, it's it's uh, it's all come to me. That's what that's yes, what I so. like. Yeah, yeah. One way or another, I'm getting the business. I'm getting the business. And so, so at the moment, you're working as a, a lawyer. Are you happy with that? Is that a profession that you're happy with? That, do you feel like you've you've achieved what you needed to achieve with this? And you're so I I still work in a law firm, a different law firm. Um, but I quit law. Um, because um, I decided law was not for me, practicing law was not for me. Um, I think I grew out of it because I loved it when I started. Um, I grew out of it. I was 
much more creative and much more entrepreneurial. And I just didn't like the constraints of operating within a legal framework. Um, but I know how to deal with lawyers and I know how to deal with our clients. So I remained in the legal industry and now I work on the business operations side um, of, of, the, of, the, of the bench. Yeah, is that something that you were looking to carry on with? Um, am I looking to carry on with it? For the foreseeable future, yes. Um, I've got other interests, though. I think, you know, when you get to my age, you start to weigh up your options, right? So my son's just started senior school. Um, and I'm I'm looking at the next seven years and what I'm what I'm going to be doing during that time. And I don't like the cold, so I don't think I'm going to end up retiring in this country. Probably, yeah. you know, dip, dipping in and out. Um, but I'm looking at other things and other opportunities as well. Yeah. So at the moment, you're supporting your you have a son. Yes. And he's he's 11 years old. His name's Ethan, um, and he's absolutely full of life. A handful. Um, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, and have you been married before? Is it? I have been married before. I was married to his father, uh, married for about four years, and then that all went um, sour, unfortunately, um, as these things do, and uh, we ended up parting ways. But Ethan, fortunately, still has a good relationship with yeah with with his father, which is really important. And so he enjoys the school in Northamptonshire. He yeah started. This is week two. Um, so last week, for the very first time in a long time, he did say to me, "Mommy, even though there are lots of lessons, I'm kind of emphasis on kind of looking forward to going to school tomorrow." So I think he's settling well. He was in denial, and I think still is in a bit of denial in terms of life's getting a bit too serious now. Um, but yeah, he's just got to get on with it. Yeah, I've had um, I've got two children myself. Mm-hmm. One is uh, sixteen, the other one's twenty four, and uh, the the oldest Ellie, she has just um, ten days ago given, as you, as you know, given mm. birth to um, my grandson. Congratulations! Yes, I'm very, ex- I'm very sort of pleased, very excited. A breech birth. Um, she didn't have it through C-section. Mm. She was absolutely determined. She was having a normal birth, or as normal as possible, and the baby was born very healthy. And she left, um, she left the hospital the same day. Uh, so that, that was a really, it was very, very good. I'm very pleased. A total success. Um, no C-section. Um, but she is a midwife, and she mm. was there with two midwives to help her. Fantastic. Um, so I have an interest in all in, in, in all things. In, yeah, in all things, and especially to do with uh, to do with medicine and mm-hmm. and uh, healthcare and that's that sort of thing. So we were talking before about the um, going back to the, the the lawyer and and how you worked within that type of profession. Mm-hmm. Being a black woman. Yes, indeed. Have you had much discrimination? I would say yes, not necessarily intentional, um, but absolutely yes. Um, So, you know, there's a sort of undertone, and I think this is in many professions, not just not just legal, um, but there's a sort of undertone of let's let's just see what she can do first. Right. And so unconscious bias when it comes to um, sort of acknowledging that somebody's gone through university has got the um qualifications is the right person so very often i would walk into a room and um on on a few occasions i'd be mistaken for the tea lady um and be asked to sort of you know replenish the refreshments um and you know over time you you get you develop thick you develop thick skin yeah (laughs) you look shocked yeah you develop thick skin and um you know, I didn't mind because... A sense I'm, of humour? 
almost a sense of humor, but I, it almost became a, it almost became um, a bit of a joke for me because I'd look out for that. I'd look out for those opportunities and then go and sit next to my client who I've been speaking to over the phone for X number of weeks and they don't realize that I'm actually their lawyer. Um, and just, yeah, I think you're just eating a lot of humble pie, being gracious, but um, making sure that people know that you have a seat at the table um, is, is yeah, something that I've had to do time and time again. So there are little things that I would do, like I would absolutely make sure that number one, I'm the best dressed. Number two, I'm always there on time because, you know, there are stereotypes when it comes to black people being late, being lazy, you know, maybe not looking on point. So I absolutely made sure that nobody could point at anything in terms of you are my the appearance. ambassador. I am the ambassador. Um and, and and that's what and that's what I did. And when I when I mentor young people, you know, young black boys and girls or ethnic minorities, I'm very I'm very You do some counselling. I do some mentoring, yes. And I'm very um I'm very clear with them in terms of what to expect, how to how to conduct themselves yet be themselves you know because it's important to be authentic and to be who you are um and you know what to expect and so yes it's been it's been an interesting interesting experience yeah it certainly um, sounds it yes. yeah um but i survived and it's fine and over time you know over time you know this color of your skin fades you know once people get to know you once people get to know your you know how competent you are um, they, as soon as they know they who's forget, boss. They forget, maybe not who's <laughs> boss, but they forget, they forget that you're black. It doesn't matter anymore. But it j- definitely initially when you, when you first meet people, they're looking to, you know, hear what I sound like. Can I, can I compose an email or write an email properly? How do I communicate? How do I present myself? It's, you know, they look at all of those things. But interestingly, they probably are completely unaware that that's what they're doing, but they do. Yeah, amazing. I mean, it's the, the the people who I've invited on to to do these podcasts with me, um, many of them have been people who have been brought born abroad, mm. and they the I think what makes what makes it as it has done with with yourself so interesting is their take on on life mm. and their take on other cultures and how they they have to work their way like a map through the different situations as they as they learn how they're going to have to manage themselves and to fit in different different mm. places and yeah. in different opportunities yeah i think that's that's one of the things that i've i've learned myself i learned so much from from you know being here and, and talking to people when, mm. they, when they're actually on the show mm. um one of the things i wanted to sort of uh, I, I have to ask this <laughs> you know, when we when we set ourselves up um and, and, and sat down here and we were uh, uh, setting up the microphones. I noticed how good you were with that microphone, and it seemed quite obvious that you have, um, you're not new to dealing with these sort of sound studios. So you're going to have to tell me something about your musical endeavours. Endeavours, yes. So I love, I've, I've loved to sing. I love singing ever since I was young. Um, and there's an interesting story which I'll share with you in a moment. Um, but I ended up singing. Um, you know, in a, in a gospel choir, just as a recreational thing. We had a gospel choir come to my university one day and I thought, I want to sing like that. In, in Kent. In Kent. Um, and then, yeah, ended up just kind of joining a group of people when I finished university. Um, we recorded a couple of songs um, long, long time ago. I mean, I'm talking t- like 
15, 20 years ago, long time ago. Um, and then we also ended up singing at the Royal Albert Hall. One wow. time backing, backing somebody up. So yeah, it was good. When it was, was that? Good. When was it? Yeah. I cannot remember. I'm really bad with dates, but I think that was about 15 years ago. 15, and 20 years ago. You no ago. longer do that type of singing now? I don't, I don't. I mean, I, I go to church and then I ended up in, in the worship team, but that's also very different. Um, so yeah, I do miss being in a choir, but it's time consuming. And obviously my, my young boy came along. Um, but yeah, it is something if I had, if I had the time to do it, I would definitely love to, love to get in, involved again. I want to go back, if that's all right with you, mm. to the, 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 um, mentoring that you were talking about and how did you get involved in the mentoring like many things I don't necessarily put my hand up but people sort of seek me out so I kind of walk into situations or they walk into me and they'll you know send me send me an email or just ask me would, would you be my mentor can I or, or can I just have a chat and then it develops naturally um, out of that and all of a sudden before you know it I'm sort of mentoring them and giving them key pointers so it's it's natural relationships and you know contacts that's how it usually happens or recommendations you're obviously um, receiving some energy from this so you've had some I'm mm-hmm. guessing some success stories yes um, so the last guy I, I mentored and set up um, you know, a number of meetings and helped him sort of with interview techniques. He got into um, a firm called Clifford Chance, which is one of the magic circles in in, in London um, shortly afterwards. So that was really, really good. So I just love to see young people thrive, especially those who perhaps don't fit the description of a particular profession. I love to see them breaking the mold. Right. So that's that's what kind of drives me and also at work you know whether it's whether it's somebody who's you know looking to get into a profession or whether it's somebody who's junior who needs to you know train up or needs needs a little bit of hand holding to get their confidence up you know I'm very very patient and I, I don't mind giving my time to those kind of people although you do know I'm extremely impatient when it comes to people who are supposed to know what to do and what their job's supposed to be and they don't do it I'm the complete opposite. I, I just cannot stand incompetency when it comes to, you know, work and being paid for something that, you know, you're deemed to be a professional in. I think that's the way. That's about being professional, isn't it? After all, that's the, def- that's the definition. Yeah. Do you have any hobbies? Um, yes, I do like to horse ride. So I started learning how to horse ride a, f- a few years ago. I absolutely love it. Um, and yeah, when I can, I, I, I sing. I'm pretty much now, I guess, a home person. So I like to cook um, for friends and, and entertain uh, when I'm not too tired <laughs> with everything else going on. Um, and one thing that I discovered recently is Reformer Pilates. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. I would highly recommend Reformer Pilates to anyone who's sort of feeling a bit, oh, I need to get back into a bit of exercise. And what do you call this? You call it? Reformer Pilates. Right, so it's not the difference. It's not the normal Pilates, sort of matte Pilates on the floor, but it's on a it's on a machine called the Reformer. Um, and it's absolutely brilliant. It's a gym in one machine, essentially. And they have them in Northamptonshire? They do, I believe so. Yeah, so I will... I will I'll, um, yeah, I'll be there, definitely out. checking that out. Yeah. What, what's, the, what's the future? What, what, are you, what are you looking to do? What are you looking to um, achieve now? So I've been on sabbatical for about um, eight weeks. I've got another week and a bit to go. So I'm 
currently setting up my office, moved to Northampton, gosh, end of July. So I haven't been here for very long. Um, so I'm setting up my office and uh, we'll go back to work. <clears throat> and then over the next few years, I'll be looking to diversify because I'm a great believer in, you know, with the way things are going in the world these days, you can't just rely on one income um, because at the end of the day, you know, we've seen businesses collapse left, right and centre. We've seen people rationalising their businesses. We've seen AI come in and start to take over. And even in the legal field, we've got a lot of, you know, AI and you know, document automation and machine learning technology starting to do a lot of the work that, you know, perhaps trainees would have done before. So I think things are going to change in the in the legal field. Um, I love everything creative, um, you know, really like interior design, uh, anything to do with with houses. So I'm probably going to be and I've started looking into moving into that direction. Um, and again, education. Um, one of my one of my dreams um, is to uh, with my partner open up a, a nursery and a secondary school wow. in Africa so that we can we can give back. That's amazing. Yes. So that's that's where that's where the tide is heading. Yes. Well, I'm glad I asked that question. <laughs> Blandine, it's been great having you on on the podcast. Um, I can't thank you enough to be honest. You're very, welcome. very interesting. What a story of the place that you've lived. So it's and the things you've done and what you've achieved. Yeah, and I'm still not that old. I am. No. Uh, no, Get in there. I've Get got in no there. idea how old you. I, I could find out, but I, I'm not going. It's to. on the form that I, I filled know, in when I came on to the your form, practice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's on the form. No, brilliant. Thank you so much for, for coming. I really welcome. appreciate your time. Um, I'd like to buy you a, a little drink and a meal when we, when we go out now. I've just to brilliant. say thank you. Um, but what we're going to do is just say th uh, thanks for everyone watching and uh, taking part, listening to this uh, seventh of the podcasts, being human. And um, I hope you have enjoyed it. And if you have, then please share and like. Thank you.